0: Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning.
1: And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time.
0: Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way through the very end. This is episode 101, where we're discussing LAX from season 6 of Lost.
2: What did you lose? Excuse me? Well, they lost one of my bags. What about you? <sighs> you wouldn't believe me if I told you. <laughs> Try me. They lost my father. I'm sorry? He died in Australia a couple of days ago, and uh, I flew down to get him. My condolences. Ooh was supposed to go on the plane in Sydney, but it didn't. Apparently, he's somewhere in transit, which is their way of saying they have no idea where the hell he is. Well, how could they know? They're the ones that checked him in. I mean, they've got to have some kind of tracking system. No, or... I'm not talking about the coffin. I mean, how could they know where he is? They didn't lose your father. They just lost his body. Either way, your story beats the hell out of mine. All that was in my suitcase was a bunch of knives. Thanks. Some kind of salesman? Yeah, something like that. Well, it was nice talking to you. Uh, hope you find that coffin. <laughs> hope you find your knives. Yeah, thanks. Do mind if I ask what happened to you? I'm sorry. I'm only asking because I'm a spinal surgeon. I I didn't mean to. Oh, no, don't worry about it. Uh, uh, Surgery isn't going to do anything to help me. My condition is irreversible. Nothing's irreversible. Um, If you ever want to consult, just uh, give me a call. The house. Well, thanks. Jack Shepard. I'm John, John Locke. It's nice to meet you, John.
0: Nice to meet you, too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 101 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And today we are discussing LAX the uh, first episode of season six of Lost. And before we dig into uh, play-by-play of exactly what happened, I'd like to know your initial thoughts.
1: Okay, well, my initial thoughts, let's back up prior to the actual episode. I've I've been so stoked and, and excited about Lost starting back that uh, I don't know that there ever could have been a show in the history of shows to live up to my expectations or my excitement, but, um, obviously, uh, I think everybody out there was just mad excited for it to start back. Um, initial thoughts, I gotta say there's a, there's a lot of confusion still, uh, with me. I'm, uh, I'm confused. Uh, my initial, uh, thoughts is that there's things that I, I liked about the episode and, um, Kind of bad in a bad sense. There's a lot that I didn't like about the episodes. Um, mm, yeah, so I know what you mean? I, I can leave it vague, and, and we're going to dig into it. But I, I definitely, I definitely kind of got a, I got to see probably a more of a, a overall negative feel than I do positive feel right now.
0: Interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm probably on the same page with you. Um, I had an initial reaction discussion last night with Jed and Alex. Uh, Jed's from the Losties with Jed and Kara, uh, vidcast Alex from the, it only ends once podcast. And, uh, I was a little bit of a Debbie downer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it was, uh, a rough conversation. I guess I got done with the episode. I was not too stoked about a, a lot of what we saw. And I think that came out way too loud and clear in the discussion we were having. Sure, Uh, I'm going to try to do a very different discussion this time than last time. It was way too negative. And plus, I've had a little bit more time to reflect on the episode. And the things that I did like have had a lot more time to sink in. So now I'm more excited about some things than I was before.
1: Sure, sure.
0: But uh, first well, off, I want to let everybody know first that we're trying something new here. We're doing a Ustream video live uh, as we're doing this recording, which is something we've never done before. Uh, we've done recordings while recording episodes in the past, but never live. So you're going to see everything from start to finish. And then, of course, we'll release this as a video on the website when we're done. So without further ado, let's start in. Uh First off, I have the alternate timeline, um, is what I'm calling it. We have okay. this, a version of Jack, much like the series pilot, is riding along, watching out the window, having his drink. And Cindy, the flight attendant, asks him how this drink is, and he smiles and admits it's not a very strong drink. You know, So she gives him an additional bottle, not two bottles like she did in the pilot. Um, and he doesn't say anything about it, breaking... FAA regulations. Uh, So first thoughts about that.
1: Um, Well, obviously, uh, um, it was pretty easy to pick up on that. It was was very similar to the pilot. However, there was some differences. Um, And just going off of the storyline, my initial thought was, wow, okay, we were right. They're going to be on this plane. It's going to land like normal. Um, But as little things started to be different, I I was like, okay, so whatever happened, did affect the the current the current timeline, so it wasn 't like mm-hmm. uh you know if if, if they did, the bomb went off and and they were never ever ever at that island, and everything was the same. it should have picked right back up where we left off without the crash, and they would have continued on as as normal so there is some change there that is very interesting to me is that these characters have have a lot of them had big changes in their, in their life, um, after the explosion. Um, but I gotta say that I hated to see these characters in those, in those circumstances. Um, some had even had good circumstances, but they still seemed like totally different people than what I've seen yeah, for the past yeah. five seasons. Right. You know? Um, so that was my initial thought from that, from just that segment.
0: Yeah. And we'll get more about to that later. That's actually one thing I really liked, but we'll save that for a little bit. Right on. So the plane begins to shake around and it hits some turbulence just like before. uh, And Jack kind of grips the armrest almost like he's expecting a problem to come up, which was strange to me, but the turbulence eventually calms down. Bernard returns from the bathroom to Rose and um, you know, she's been having this talk with Jack that was very similar to before, but it had little details that were, were different here and there, but it's, It's still not identical to her exchange with him previously, which I thought was interesting. Even to the little details like Bernard's ring not being on her necklace, you know, she mentioned him not wanting to wear it when he's flying because his hands swell and that wasn't there. There were little differences, I thought. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the demeanor of Bernard uh, and Rose was different. I believe as we catch more of their story, she's not sick anymore. Yeah you know, it doesn't even seem like that's a part of their life, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like they had just went on a vacation and, and they're back, you're going back home and whatever. But, uh, it was, it was interesting. Cause like you said, Jack did kind of seem to almost have a feeling of something that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yet couldn't put his finger on it as well, you know?
0: Right. It's, and to me, I don't think these characters have any knowledge of the past. I don't think they have any knowledge that in some alternate reality, they crashed on this island. I right. think to them, this is their reality. Sure. Um, which is different than the theory we talked about before. But it was still interesting to me that the Jack was kind of freaked out by the little bit of turbulence they hit. But it may not be anything.
1: So you don't think that there's, I, I believe almost, there's almost like a deja vu-ish type of and Jack going on. I believe there is something that says there was something different there. I mean, because obviously, you know, I'm sure you're going to mention the fact that Desmond sits down in a second and he just has this moment where he's, he's really con- he convinced that he knows him. You know, And I, 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 so I believe there is some knowledge in there, but more of a deja vu type feeling.
0: Well, here's my thinking on that. We will get to the Desmond thing, but it's almost like everything that happened to them before the crash that we've seen before happened. You know, Jack ran into Desmond when he was about ready to do the surgery on Sarah. Desmond gave him that stuff, you know, that information about, well, what if you lift her up? He gave him all that information. That's why Jack remembers him. Uh, but it's, well, just true. Like, it's just like what happened on the island. He went down in that hatch. He saw Desmond and he remembered Desmond. Right. Now, instead of that, that's a good point. he's on this plane. He's seeing Desmond and he's remembering that he met Desmond. But it's taken him a little while to remember yeah. why he remembers Desmond.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's that's a good point. I think what in my mind, in in my, to my, probably, um, just hopes is that I'm wanting them to have some type of knowledge of that island so bad. You know, it's like yeah. I want them, and I and I think you're right though. I, I mean, as I look at the other characters, I don't believe they have any knowledge of that island. I don't believe it's even happened yeah. to them. You know which kills me.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in that boat. But um, as I will talk about more later, the characters we're seeing now, the alternate reality versions of these characters are more to me like the old characters than what they've become through the show. Um, So Jack now is Jack whenever the plane first crashed. He's season one Jack again, which I love. Um, to me, yeah. it's like they're going back to where they started um, mm-hmm. instead of picking up where they left off at the end of season five. And I yeah, I can that. agree with that.
1: Yeah. yeah, I can agree with that. Now, I, I definitely like the the uh, seeing that. I think with me though, know, it's kind of like you know, you and I are are, are cousins, you know, and had. Had I seen a huge change in you, you know, say you had this huge issue and you you overcame it, and there were some great triumphs in your life, and then I saw you in the next time, and and you were just back to the way you were before, you, you know, in, in an actual world, that's depressing, you yeah, know. So yeah. I get, I, I guess mean. in my, <laughs> in my mind, in my heart, I'm going, oh man, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff that they've been through that is now just erased. You know, sure. and, and so that's, that's my, that's that part, but it is really cool to see those characteristics of those characters we started to fall in love with, you know, from, you know, the pilot to start to surface again. I mean, even, you know, well, we're, we're gonna get the lot, but that that's cool to see that, you know, that stuff.
0: Yeah. And I agree, but I also have a theory that I think fixes the problem you have with this situation. I think, okay. um, we will see the same changes, the same improvements to their characters that we, that they've, you know, they've grown a lot. And I think we'll see those same, that same growth in this alternate reality version of these people.
1: You're probably right. You're probably uh, right.
0: Yeah, we'll come back to that though. Sure. So Jack gets up to go to the bathroom and notices a a bleeding spot on his neck, um, like he cut himself shaving or something. Um, but this is the first thing in this episode that popped into my mind, this idea of kind of substitutionary events, events that occur kind of the cold course correcting thing. Something sure. happens. And this this alternate reality that puts them kind of on the same path as the events right. on the island did. Like- so instead of the plane crashing, him finding this huge gash in his back, now it's like this small spot of blood on his neck. And obviously two totally different sets of, um, you know, they cause two different things and they don't necessarily have the same magnitude, but they're kind of so similar that it has to to mean something.
1: Sure. No, I think you're right. And it almost seems like parallel universes, you know, like Mm -hmm. they are. And I kind of thought of that last night as I was watching, I was like, these, uni- these, these worlds or these universes are happening now at the exact same time. And there's some, somehow there's some overlap, you know, and I, and, that, and that's kind of intrigues me how, if that happened, what else could happen? Yeah. You know, yeah, because they're obviously open and opening it up. I mean, you wouldn't even do the scene with the neck if it wasn't going to be something that was going to be an ongoing thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe, right. there's, maybe there's maybe even maybe at some point like you talked about, maybe there's a merge of the of the realities, you know, that that'll happen over time through the season that there'll be there'll be these these cases where, where they start to start to pick up these things and the character things start to change, but there's a merge of the universes, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that would be uh pretty awesome, but I'm not sure how you could really pull it off in terms of you know, not having them run into alternate versions of themselves, etc., That could get kind of freaky. I mean, unless the group of online island people is killed off and this alternate <coughs> version ends up somehow being pulled back to the island to kind of complete where they left off or something – that right. would be interesting, but definitely yeah. not them running into themselves. That wouldn't be. Too yeah, no, I, I
1: don't. I don't ever, and I don't foresee it going down that track as far as running into themselves at all. Yeah. Uh, it almost to me would be like one's the physical, and one's the conscience, you know, and and somehow they're they're merged together, you know. It, it it's, it, how whichever one would be the case, I don't know. I, I you know whichever one happens to be the the physical and the other one would be the conscience that they're they're living. Um, because you, you see all this stuff where people, you know, have out all body experiences or whatever, and it's just like they were doing something or they were at a different place, but yet they weren't, you know, and, and it's kind of, right. it kind of seems like that's going on. I mean, obviously the people don't have any idea that the other them is doing these other things. It's just, I don't know, blowing my mind already.
0: Yeah. And I think they don't have any knowledge of each other. I don't think. I mean, they they've got some explaining to do, I think, with all of that. But it's confusing right now to have to be watching two different versions of each of each person.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was kind of one of the things. If an initial, I'd say things that I'm going. Okay, so this season, obviously, it's just the opener, but this is a season of answers. I mm-hmm. shouldn't be getting any more confused, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, uh, and that was kind of my issue with is like literally we're going to, so we're we're really going to have another confusion thing, you know? And last night I just kind of was shaking my head and scratching my head going, what? You know, because yeah. I really thought it would, there'd be a picture that it'd be almost like laid out before me after last night. And yeah, I and guess the, there was, yeah. but yeah. Well, so. that's
0: interesting. Michael Emerson that plays Ben made the comment in one of his interviews. I think several of his interviews that he expected the same thing he expected because they're like halfway through this season to where he could kind of figure out you know the road they were going down, but commented that he still doesn't know, um which is I mean really to though
1: me. it is exciting, but come on, this is the guy that is a massively big character in this this story this whole yeah. storyline <laughs> and and you expect me, you know Joe Schmo idiot to be able to figure it out. I mean, this dude hasn't figured it out and he's part of it. I'm done. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. You're going to have to send me like, you know, little letters for the rest of my life to get this thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, it, remember we had this discussion a while back where I had this hope that the entire show would remain a mystery until one final moment at the very last 10 minutes of the last right. episode that all of a sudden, bam, it would totally exactly. hit you and it would knock you on your butt. Um, it's
1: going to ignite us. That's what we we're talking about.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hope it is something like that to where they somehow cool. manage to elude us all the way up until the very end. And then, yeah, that'd be hit cool us
1: with it. Yeah. That'd be real cool. Cause I'll be ticked off the whole season. And then I'll be <laughs> rant and rave on these podcasts.
0: Yeah. So uh, Jack then returns to his seat to find that Desmond is sitting in the same row that he is. Now, instead of meeting Desmond for the second time in the hatch, he's meeting Desmond for the second time on the plane. And we kind of talked about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was reading into everything last night. You know, I'm, I'm here I am. I'm thinking, ah, oh, Desmond, Desmond knows what the heck's going on here. <laughs> he's like the... He's just he's in there testing the waters to see where Jack's at, you know, and just, you know, can I have the seat, brother, you know, it, whatever, you know, I, I, I thought he was like testing the water. So I'm trying to read into all this stuff. Turns out no, I'm wrong, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I have some more theories related to the whole Desmond issue and it ties into some things with Juliet, but we'll get to that in a little bit here cool so then of course they reveal that the island or at least that version of the island was completely submerged underwater and i didn't i didn't find that as interesting as a lot of people seem to have. i think a lot of people have commented on what does that mean uh how does that change things why is it underwater to me it's it doesn't seem like it is a big deal like it means much of anything what do you think
1: you know, to me, what I, what I thought was it's just like any other, other ancient civilization that's on the bottom of the ocean.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You like know, Atlantis it's just, or something. It just, yeah, it's just, you know, we don't know what's on the bottom of the ocean. There may be, there actually may be these massive, huge cities that, you know, were part of something years and years ago that we don't know about. And I just, just assumed that, well, whatever happened on that island happened years ago. And now in this reality, that, that place is gone now. Yeah, you know, there's okay. not a there wasn't a Dharma initiative in the '70s and all that stuff. That place was long gone years ago. Well, that's that's
0: interesting though because they did show oh, wait, us there that is, the barracks. were There was there. buildings there. Yeah, everything was there. It's just the island was underwater.
1: Oh well, I guess if if uh, the Dharma Initiative blew the thing up or whatever, then how would you sink an island? I mean, I don't really get that. Yeah, me either. Unless unless what we, we had talked about before, I I always thought that the island was underwater to begin with.
0: Yeah, yeah I remember that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I was so – I'm still confused, you know. But, but back – I was thinking that. I was like, I thought the, you know, the island was underwater, had some kind of shield over it. And, you know, I was like, well, who knows. This show come back and it could be – it could have been underwater and it just blew the top off of it and flooded the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they popped the cork <laughs> you know, and it just sank. Uh, like yeah, a <laughs> just
1: let it go. Let it go. Yeah, I just—I mean, I'm just sitting there thinking, how in the world? it I mean, it's not a huge deal to me, but it just—it does—it is a mystery, right? You know, how in the world to get underwater? And it's if the original was there in the 70s, then it's been underwater only what 30 some years.
0: I don't well, know I, the timelines. I—I'm not so sure I understand the whole timeline issue yet. I definitely want to wait for more information on that to make many speculations on that.
1: Right, right.
0: So then uh, we get some interesting interactions between people on the plane. One of my favorite parts of the episode, actually. Um, Sawyer talking to Hurley, who is no longer cursed by the numbers, but instead considers himself to be the luckiest man alive. Um, Yeah. Sawyer doesn't even seem to be quite as hard as he was when the plane crashed originally, almost like he's kind of a softer version of Sawyer not completely yeah. as soft as the Sawyer we've come to know, but still pretty soft.
1: Yeah. To me, it made me think of the Sawyer that was, uh, just in the wooing stage still, you know, still doing his scam, you know, con, a con man type guy. Uh, but yet hadn't got to that point where he was bitter and looking for the man to kill, you know, right. Like, uh, like this was almost like he had chose his life rather than it being forced upon him.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, So Sun and Jin still have their problems, uh, which was very interesting to revisit to me after spending all this time with them, watching them grow as a couple and as individuals. It was kind of cool. As sad as it was, it was really cool, maybe technically, to see them revert back to these characters they were playing, you know, six years ago.
1: Yes, and only you, the 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 video web team, no. could it could, it could be you know it was it is technically cool, but on every human level, you know, let take the the bolts and, and frames still frames out of it, it was awful.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I I guess maybe you're right. you're right. Come on, you're right. <laughs> I mean, it's sad, but it got uh, more you sad can't
1: later. argue that. I mean, it was, it was, was, for the cinema value of it, it was awesome, you know? But just thinking of people, you're going, oh my gosh. Like, I, I mean, I I told you I wanted to fight Jen, you know? And last (laughs) night, I wanted to fight him again, you know? You were, you were getting those balls out again, huh? Dude, I will smash him. It's not, (laughs) well, he is ripped, so he will tear my face off, to be honest. But, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, just, just on a character level, you're just so you're so uh, connected to what they've became. Um, To see it go back is almost like a punch in the stomach to me. Now I'm coming from a whole different angle than you are on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but.
0: So uh, then we have the lock, you know, having a conversation with Boone who now, instead of going to Australia and successfully bringing Shannon back with him is now Mm -hmm. heading back home without Shannon. Yeah. Um, now, do you think this is a technical issue of them not being able to get the actress back on the show? Or do you think this is actually important that Shannon wasn't there for some reason?
1: Um, man, that's a good question. I, I don't really have an opinion on it. I mean, it works either way. <laughs> you know? Okay, Because
0: so. one of the things that bothered me about the episode as a whole was and it might just be me, but I kept getting caught up in the fact that they they tried to pull off this alternate reality, almost right. recreating the pre-crash events to a certain extent, and it uh-huh. fell short to me that they didn't have all of the people there. Um, Michael yeah. and Walt weren't there. Shannon wasn't there. I'm sure there were others. Uh, they didn't show Claire on the plane, which I thought right. was interesting, but. It just doesn't quite pull off. I find myself thinking, "Oh, they probably couldn't get, you know, Shannon on there because they couldn't make a deal with the actress to get her back." Right. And you find I find myself distracted by those issues.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely will agree to that. I mean, there was I was looking around to see the rest of them, you know, and wanted to see how they were, and and just you know, because like with Hurley's situation being different, I wanted to see if the the others were different. Uh, so yeah, I'll agree with that. I was just saying to the fact that. You know, they the writers had it easy by not li- having her on there. You know, if, if they couldn't get her to come back, then they could just, they just wrote it the way it was. And it was, you know, it it fits. But to me, it's one of those things where you're going, if everybody would have been on a plane, it would have made more sense to the original story. And right. um, it, it would have been nice to see it see them, you know, going through their, their stuff in a different way. Maybe Shannon's back, but yet she her and her brother have a great relationship and, you know, whatever. I don't know. But I, I'm with you on that.
0: Right. I've got a cat walking across the desk as we speak. Hold on. Here. Let me get her down. Awesome. I think there was somebody. Somebody told me that they made a comment last night on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, I guess Damon Carlton were on there. I didn't get to see it because I was doing that post-show discussion. But they right. said that it was a big deal that Shannon wasn't on the plane. Uh, But if they're just saying that to kind of throw us off or stop us from speculating about those things, um, I wouldn't put it past them, I don't think.
1: Right. No, I mean, I think we've seen stuff before where they just said stuff for no reason and they have said stuff before that was actually huge hints, you know, so it's hard to tell.
0: Now, actually, in our chat room, um, I don't know how to say the name. It's NNN803er uh, says that basically because it was an alternate reality, there are some of those people who just wouldn't have ever gotten on the plane that you don't have to say that the, the story would be identical or the circumstances would be identical. The same people would have been on the plane, et cetera, et cetera, that some of those people, because it's an alternate reality would have had reasons or have decided not to get on the plane.
1: What do you yeah, think about Yeah, that's that true. No, I mean, that's true, and that, that's honestly how I watched it. I mean, that's exactly how I looked at as this is an altered reality, so why am I assuming that those, any of those people would be on that plane, you know? Right. Because, I mean, like, the, like the, the person in the chat room had said, it's, it, I mean, obviously Shannon chose something different, but it's completely different circumstances. Yeah. I mean, well, not completely, because I mean, you still have Jack's dad that's died and stuff like that, but for the most part, there's a, there's a large... Difference, uh, in the why they went to Austria and are coming back.
0: Right. And she also, point. I assume it's a her, I'm not sure, points out that there were many different things that happened and I totally agree with that. So I, I guess we just need to wait, get a little bit yeah. more information about it's that. It's too early. Yeah. So let's see here. Um, after he and Locke talk, we find out that the new Locke did actually go on a walkabout and he's clearly a different person than pre-crash Locke was before because of that experience. And uh, Boone then makes a comment that made me extremely nostalgic for the old seasons, that if the plane goes down, he'll stick with Locke, which oh, yeah. totally brought me back.
1: That was cool. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I liked that, but I, I, I took it differently. I thought Locke was lying about the walkabout.
0: Oh, Really? I didn't yeah. I didn't pick up on that at all because all of the evidence was there that and this is my theory is that it was a substitutionary event. Locke being on that island, learned a lot of things about himself and overcame a lot of issues because of that. Now yeah. in this this new reality, he learned those same things, but it was through his walkabout instead of being on that island. but I don't know.
1: yeah. I, I mean that makes sense, but I'm, I'm still going back to the original w- reason why he couldn't go on the walkabout, and that ch- that hasn't changed. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You really think
0: he lied then?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, how do you go on a walkabout? I mean, I'll go back to the, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be, you know, like just point out the obvious. But obviously, you know, he can't he can't do it, and it was physically impossible the first time. You know, and then he even says, "Are you, you know, are you pulling my leg?" And and he's like, "No, da da da." But he waits until obviously, you know, he's kind of concerned that Boone's going to see that he needs to be helped into this wheelchair. So he kind of keeps looking up at him as he's getting out. Boone's getting off the plane. Yeah. And you know, and I, I don't <clears throat> know. Just give me the feeling that he was lying about him. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. That's they make a great point in the chat room here that you know they think he lied as well. Um, or maybe he went on a rollabout instead of a walkabout. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a booyah chat room. What up now, Evan?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and they also point out something that I didn't think of, that he was on, Locke was on the 815 flight the first time because the walkabout people sent him home and paid for uh, his ticket to go back. So Smart people. Yeah, no doubt. That's uh, That's pretty awesome right there,
1: actually. Yeah, that's good stuff.
0: Okay, let's see here. Um, Cindy then makes an announcement that the, they need a doctor, so Jack volunteers, and we find a nearly dead Charlie in the bathroom after swallowing some of his heroin—a baggie of heroin—and uh, like the pilot, but with different, a different person, Jack is about to perform a tracheotomy on Charlie, but can't find a pen, just like Boone mm-hmm. wanting to perform the tracheotomy on—I was it Rose. I think it was Rose. Yeah. 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 So it's again, it's like a substitutionary event. Uh, it's course correcting for things that haven't happened in this new reality.
1: Right. Right. No, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I think though that you got the, the, uh, the heroin thing reversed. I don't think he was swallowing it. I think he was throwing it up. Really? He got lodged. Yeah. I think he. I think that's how he got it in. It was in his stomach. What? Swallowed a baggie, and was trying to throw it up so he could take it.
0: Oh well, maybe I don't know. I never, I didn't think about it that much. But yeah, I thought maybe he well, was com- trying to swallow it to hide it or or something. But you're probably right, actually. So I don't know about that.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to be right on everything. So anything <laughs> I can get. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: <coughs> right. Okay. Let's see. We are. Okay, eventually they get the drugs out of Charlie and he's back alive and he's put in custody. And as he's being taken, you know, he tells Jack that he was supposed to die. Again, back to this whole destiny thing. And uh, yeah. Jack returns to his seat to find Desmond is now gone. And the weird thing about this is Rose and Bernard, who are asleep, remark that they don't remember seeing anyone else sitting there in the first place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's one of those things where it made me think more about what I was talking about before. Was the the whole Desmond was not a normal passenger on the plane. Like he mm-hmm. had some he had some type of insight, or he was uh, I don't know in between the real you know, the two realities or some or somehow. But but it, it, that kind of just empowered that feeling that I had that that okay, he's he's definitely. Uh, a mystery, Desmond. At this point,
0: yeah, and it, and it could be that there's something going on here because it seems obvious that them blowing up the the bomb did have its desired effect. It did totally undo this timeline they had created, went back and started a new one, and maybe in right. this new one, uh, you know, Desmond still has. Uh these things he needs to learn these these oh ho,
1: check way. check this out what's that Desmond what on the what non the island when it blew up
0: right yeah that's what I'm confused about is
1: well that's what, maybe he still experienced his part on the island,
0: experienced what part
1: his his whole part
0: so because he's, it but I, he but still mom, knows, but this is this is going back and I mean this is physically going back and undoing what happened I think
1: in the people that we know but he can't undo it couldn't undo it didn't undo the island it didn't undo Dharma
0: right I'm I'm confused I don't know though man what what to think about with all of this yet quite yet
1: yeah me neither I'm just trying to throw it out there because it just <laughs> seems it does seem like there's a difference between Desmond and, and Jack and that there is a to me, there's like a thousand buzzers going off. I'm sorry, uh, but uh, to me, it, it does seem like uh, th- that he has knowledge of this, and I, and it only makes sense that he would because of him not being on that island whenever the event happened. You know, uh, which we thought was odd that he didn't have to go back to begin with.
0: Yeah. Well, and it probably goes back to as well. We've had this discussion before about how Desmond has a special ability that none of the other people do. This ability to jump around through time uh, without the same consequences as everybody else. So this simply could be that Desmond is in a special position and his circumstances are totally different than everybody else because of of his abilities to do that.
1: Right. Right. Okay.
0: So let's see here. Uh, they begin their descent into LAX, and Saeed looks at a photo of Nadia. So, of course, Saeed is still on en route to go see find Nadia in Los Angeles, uh, which started me to think about, you know, the whole Shannon issue. But yeah. it led me down this wormhole that totally, you know, basically my brain collapsed in on itself. and I,
1: I, I, I think know. I know where you went. I think <laughs> I know where you went. Maybe – Maybe what's about to happen was why he was able to get over, was over. Shan had said that Nadia was dead to begin with. Right, exactly. On the island. It was like
0: an alternate reality. Exactly. Okay, let's go ahead and go down this path. I had thought that it was possible that all of the flashbacks we have seen to this point actually apply to our new reality, not the old reality.
1: Yeah, I had texted you one point uh, about something like that. You know, it was like everything we saw was about their new life. You know, and that, that their new life was you know after they landed. It wasn't after you know, but they didn't reference you know the island and things like that. But me, it has to it has to be some play in that. There has to be some some information that's valid in that because I I think that puts to bed that whole you know, Saeed mess that we had, like how can yeah. you be over someone? How do you, why you say she's dead? Well, she was. Yeah. To, to, she died. You know, he's, you know, he's, he's already mourned that loss. Now the, he's moving on yeah. to Shannon.
0: Well, what I'm saying though, is it's possible. And this is so difficult to put into words. Um, it's possible that the flashbacks we've seen are for the people who we just saw on the plane they right. the new versions of our characters and that we really haven't seen much of the past of the people on that island. That in Saeed's right. past the this an island Saeed's past, um Nadia did die. Or he right. caused her to be killed or something like that. But in the right. new Saeed um, he did all of these things for the CIA to find out where she was so he could go after her. And to me, that would fix a lot of problems because it's almost like the information on the Island, the people they were on the Island, the experiences they had on the Island, um, never had to happen to those people because of the things they learned on the Island. And it's almost like we talked about this time loop before to where them crashing on that island entered into this time loop that allowed them to learn these things, experience these things that fundamentally changed who they were. So whenever they Mm -hmm. exit out of that time loop and they're put back in the place where they were on that plane before the crash happened, they're new people. And that's hard to follow, but it makes a lot of sense right now.
1: Yeah. No, I think think there's a lot to be
0: oh I think we lost our connection here one second
1: must have a 40 must have a 45 minute limit on our calls that could be <laughs> <laughs> um, but are we recording again
0: yep we're still
1: going okay or brought uh, it's brought to you by Pepsi throwback um <laughs> uh but uh, yeah i mean i think there's there's a lot of truth maybe in that and i um, to me that that could be a pretty good angle they take to you know to finish this thing out um if that's the case i mean it's gonna be interesting to see see what unfolds from here on out um we actually had talked about when jack jack was back in his flash forward um episode we saw him and he was talking about his dad as if his dad were still alive exactly you know?
0: that's that's yeah. another point a kind of a, so
1: yeah it was pointing in that direction we discussed that you know in previous episodes and then you know we text about it uh over the break here and just said you know what if you know those mm-hmm. were flash you know those flash forwards were actually part of their new lives well that, i mean and i yeah. don't know
0: now, they make, they make the point in the chat room, of course, that they did discuss their flashbacks on the island. But I think just like the new reality we're seeing, a lot of the pieces are there, but there are details that are different. There are details that have mm-hmm. changed. Saeed, one of his biggest problems on the island seems to be this idea that he was involved or somehow indirectly responsible for Nadia being killed. Um, right. You know, for all the torturing he did, et cetera. Now, here's something to blow your mind. Um, I saw online today that people's noticed that uh, Saeed's passport was um, Iranian, not Iraqi. So he wasn't uh-huh. an, an Iraqi anymore. And it's almost like now the the torturing past of Saeed no longer applies. That was mm-hmm. Island Saeed's past. That's yeah,
1: you know, and it's in stark contrast to what he's saying on the island, you know, about him dying and how many people he can't even remember all the people he's tortured. You know, it's the complete opposite, you know. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to have to go with you on this one and say that I believe there's there's got it almost has to be truth in, in, in what you're you're talking about there.
0: Yeah, I hope so. That would be pretty interesting, actually, I think. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So at the airport, Jack is paged to come to the oceanic desk where he finds out that his father's coffin has gone missing. Um, meanwhile, we'll come back to that in a minute. Jen and son are going through customs where they discover the watch and a boatload of cash that Jen is carrying. Um, Mm -hmm. It's obviously related to the work he's doing for Mr. Pike, uh, son's father. Yeah. Attendant um, advise a son that if she knows some English and can explain what's going on, it would clear things up. But she refuses to acknowledge that she understands. And here's another, uh, what did I call it, substitutionary event. You know, Jim was in trouble with Michael, I think it was. Yeah. She yep. had the opportunity to solve the entire situation by admitting she knew English but refused to because, for her own reasons. So it's it's another example of that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yep. Cat out of here! Hold on, so. <laughs> dude. You got You got to do something about that cat. It's, it's running. It's running our yes. podcast.
0: Tell me about it. Okay. Anyway, Let's see here. And Jack, of course, this is probably my favorite part of the whole episode. Uh, Jack meets Locke, uh, where Locke is filling out paperwork for his missing bag full of knives, and Jack is waiting to find out what's going on with his father. Jack tells Locke that Oceanic lost his father because they can't locate his coffin. And then mm-hmm. Locke gives Jack this, or Jock, Locke gives Jack <laughs> this, uh, you know, he tells him that Oceanic has no idea where Jack's dad is. The airline lost his dad's body, not his dad. And uh, Jack seems really grateful, offers his services to Locke, and basically offers them for free as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 super interesting. I think, and and which uh, points took me in a lot of directions. One being that maybe I bet Jack's uh, relationship with his dad wasn't b- bad on this side. You know, doesn't seem like it. Seems like he's, you know, in a much better place. And and actually, whenever whenever he Locke says that. He says, you know, that it almost gives him like a relief, you know, like those memories and who his dad really was right? is, well, you know, are good things, you know? Yeah. And then the thing with, with Locke, it's so intriguing because we know that Jack has made people that are, were supposed to never walk again, walk, you yeah. know? Right. And like that, that could be a possibility that the surgery would happen and Locke would be able to walk again. Yeah. I, I this, don't know.
0: This is a great example of one thing I really loved about the episode also is we have hopeful Jack again. Jack is convinced he can fix Locke, you know, that whole, I'll fix you thing. I can fix you. Uh, Yeah, that's been gone for a long time and it was incredibly welcoming. You know, I was so excited to have that back.
1: Yeah. And you look at the, uh, the Jack on the Island. I mean, you, Oh my gosh. Like now this season you look at him and I mean, he is just a miserable, defeated man. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, like you said, seeing Jack the other way is like exciting and a breath breath of fresh air, you know? Yeah,
0: I agree completely. So uh, meanwhile, or actually, no, I wanted to discuss something very quickly here if we could. Do you think there's any significance to the fact that Jack had lost his father's body, his coffin, they don't know what happened to it. It's a mystery. And Locke also lost his bag of knives, symbolically a big part of who Locke was on the island. Both were really big parts of who they were on mm-hmm. the island. I mean, I don't know what it means, but it seems significant.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, when I when I heard it, it seemed, you know, really big. But I was just sitting there going, you know, I'm sure like everybody else going, but how? You know, big how? And um, so, I, I mean... I have nothing except for, you know, nervous anticipation. Right. Yeah. So Kate,
0: um, is planning her escape from the Marshall manages to get away. Of course, they stretch it out a lot longer than that. Um, but she gets first to an elevator with Sawyer where he helps her escape and later gets into a cab and finds Claire.
1: Mm. -hmm. That was, that was kind of, kind of crazy to see Kate on the run again. And, uh, and to see Claire, I wanted to get a shot of, Claire's belly to see if she was still pregnant. That's you know, a great like point. If, yeah, you know, just if that, you know, in this reality, if she was even pregnant at all, and if she was, you know, what what world was going on there? And then because we know we know too much about you know about Aaron and Kate and Aaron and all that stuff. It's just and it's also ironic that they ended up in the cab together. You know, yeah.
0: Now in the chat room, they're saying that Locke's knives were just a plot device to get Jack and Locke in the same room alone. But it's to me it seems beyond coincidence. It's like they're they're starting to make connections between the new reality and the old reality. Uh like right. they're trying to set things up to merge the two a little bit. But I mean I could be wrong, but that's that's what I thought of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I, I I don't want to go against my uh, my chat room friends, but uh, (laughs) it just it's like you said, there was a big deal with Locke and his knives in the in the seasons before. And Jack's whole issue was around his dad. So, I mean, even if it was a plot device, it was a a, it was huge. And I hope it's more I hope it's more than than this, that.
0: Right. Yeah, me too, for sure. Okay. so now on the island uh there's a lot of stuff that happened on the island but that was actually my least favorite part of the episode so uh bear with me here (laughs) so at the statue we pick up right where we left off jacob is dead ben is staring shocked at the fire that just consumed jacob's body Locke asks ben to go outside and tell richard to come and see him outside Alana and bram discuss entering the statue with richard Richard tells them they can't go in and that only people who are summoned by Jacob are allowed to go in. Mm -hmm. Lana tells him that she and Bram were brought to the island by Jacob so that they should be allowed to go inside. Ben gets outside, tells Richard that Locke wants to speak to him, which totally angers Richard who grabs Ben, takes him to see the, for the first time that Locke is dead. So now Ben knows that Locke isn't Locke. Which mm-hmm. I thought was a pretty pretty cool reveal, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah that was a, that was probably about the only part I liked on the <laughs> on the island was that <laughs> was that scene right there. Yeah, uh, but that was kind of cool to see that, and it was also uh, neat to see Ben's reaction after he did see him, almost like he felt empowered and knew that Locke was not Locke and was in he had something fairly large on his side at that point.
0: Yeah, I mean it had to make him feel better that ordinary lock hadn't right. led him to do something that he regretted so much. It seems exactly. like instead yep. it was this something else that he didn't really understand. Yep. So Alana orders her men to go into the room with Ben and we'll come back to that in a bit here. So at the Swan station, we're right back at the point after Juliet detonated the bomb. Kate wakes right. up. She's totally deaf from the explosion or possibly the ensuing jump in time. I'm not sure which mm-hmm. exactly it was, because I thought back to the season two finale. I think it is where yeah. Charlie was totally deafened after Desmond turned the failsafe key. He came out, his ears were ringing, et cetera. Well,
1: that's so what it, that's what Oh, uh, Jin had said. He said we jumped in time. He goes, "We say either the white, the headache, the noise." He had made that comment.
0: Yeah, right. So yeah, I don't think there's any mystery there at all. But, no, uh, no. I guess it's probably pretty clear that we're, we're meant to think that Kate was deaf because
1: of the jump in time. Exactly.
0: So she eventually finds miles and they trek back to the hatch to find it completely destroyed, but it exists. So they did build the hatch, um, despite the explosion and the incident, just like always. And, uh, it was basically exactly like it was after Desmond turned the failsafe key in the season 2 finale but obviously since they were going to be spending some time there they put a lot more detail into the site and it wasn't just this big CGI hole in the ground
1: so, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but i don't i this this part here confuses me because obviously they built the the hatch but yeah how and why and then why is Juliet in the bottom of the hole of the hatch? Right. You know, and all that stuff to me just doesn't, it doesn't add up. Well, that's, all.
0: yeah, it's because that's where they were when the explosion happened. Um, I mean, I, don't, I haven't looked specifically at their positions, but Juliet was at the bottom of that hole when they happened. The bottom of that well would probably correspond pretty closely to the foot or the 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 foot the floor of the hatch so basically wherever they were whenever the the time change happened is where they were after it happened so she just okay. happened to be in a location that ended up being underneath of a bunch of rubble
1: yeah but that rubble looked like it was sucked in just like it was whenever whenever they the whole magnetic force thing happened yeah i, th- I you think know, that
0: was just coincidence it was kind of confusing but i think that that was just supposed to be a normal pile of rubble that was seriously left over because from see the it hatch.
1: looked like a, it looked like a mix between the it to me honestly it looked like the the hatch wasn't built and it was just the aftermath of the explosion
0: that could be. You know, like, I mean, to me, there were tunnels. There were concrete tunnels and everything. It, it was definitely, and there was a washer and dryer. There was all kinds of stuff. I saw an clearly, exercise bike. Yeah, this was ex- supposed to be the hatch. I think.
1: Yeah, but I mean, once again, I'm I'm going, like, why? I don't know. It, well, I guess the they did say that the the hatch imploded, not exploded. Whenever yeah, it happens, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever.
0: Yeah. Okay, we'll move on. So she sees both Jack and Sawyer lying in the grass. She helps up Jack first, which seems significant to some people. Uh, Then Sawyer, who promptly kicks Jack and he falls down into this pit left by the hatch, telling him you were wrong. He's convinced Jack was totally wrong about his plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, To our surprise, we hear a nearly dead Juliet crying out from beneath a huge pile of rubble, like we said. Yeah. Sawyer eventually managed to get down to her, but she's very confused and she said something to Sawyer I didn't quite pick up on that confused him, and he said, "You know it's me. Did you catch what she said to him
1: she called him um oh gosh, I had it um she she said some kind of name, but it was like a like a nickname, but I couldn't oh, really I didn't, yeah um and i to me i was I was trying to place it like wh- where that nickname would come from. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like it, it seemed like she was. She said it called him a nickname, like somebody by somebody else's name, and okay. then you know. But I don't know. I mean, somebody in the chat room probably picked it up. They'll let us know. Yeah,
0: and I think it was to me that whole event. It's like she experienced the same thing blowing up that bomb that Desmond experienced, turning the failsafe key. I right. Mean, maybe she jumped somewhere else momentarily, came back incredibly confused by what she experienced, and then of course. She tells him, I have something to tell you, and it's very important, and she dies. And this is what miffed me pretty bad, is that they milk the whole final scene of the season five finale. Basically, I mean, it was like one of the most emotional scenes of the entire show, because to us, Juliet was pretty much dead. They come back the season six premiere. And they try to do it all over again. And it's like yeah, they yeah. were literally using her character just for emotional value. It was it just felt so cheap and so not classy to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was I was pretty tore about it because I'm like, I've already I've already cried these tears. Yeah. So <laughs> right. I, I made my tears stay in my eyeballs last night, even though they wanted to come out. I was like, <laughs> I'm done with it.
0: Yeah, you're not getting you these know? tears. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, But uh, that was one thing that really bothered me. And there was another one as well with Saeed, but we'll get to that here shortly. Okay. So meanwhile, Hurley is back with Saeed in the van. He's startled by a freshly dead Jacob who tells him essentially to take Saeed to the temple along with the guitar case. Hurley points out that it turned uh, from day to night, which was interesting, uh, but mostly I think just because of the time change. Yeah, Jack and the others arrive at the van and Jack realizes that Saeed is pretty much dead and there's nothing he can do for him. Mm-hmm. So, so Hurley tells Jack that he can help Saeed. They leave for the temple. Miles and Sawyer stay behind to bury Juliet and Sawyer uses Miles to find out what Juliet was going to tell him that was so important. And of course, I'm glad they did that because they didn't stretch out this mystery of what right. Juliet was going to tell Sawyer. Yeah. So let's see here. They... I lost my place here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, here it is. If it worked, if if Juliet's plan worked, or Juliet, Jack's plan worked, then why do we have the different versions of our characters? Two Jacks, two Kates, et cetera. And what does that mean?
1: Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I was thinking, because, I mean, to me... She had a peace after she, because uh, I, I I believe that I believe that she, like you said she jumped, saw the other reality, and and came and when she came back, she was at peace with what would had happened. She knew that 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 they, it did work, and I think I honestly believe that you know she may have even seen her her and Sawyer together. You know, mm-hmm. I mean that's that's my hopes, but so basically you know, it's,
0: like Juliet dying really has no consequence because it was just a version of Juliet who died. It exactly. wasn't really I, Juliet.
1: I can see the whole group dying on that island.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it not matter. You know?
1: And then and it not mattering at right. all. Right. Yeah,
0: I know what you mean. Okay, let's see here. They arrive at the temple wall and enter through the hole where Montan was pulled through previously and lost his freaking arm. <laughs> <laughs> and they find a they find skeleton along with a book he was apparently reading one by one they're captured by the others and taken to Dogon I think was his name Dogon or something uh, mm-hmm. who was their Japanese leader of sorts who until Hurley reveals that they were sent by Jacob is ready to pretty much have him killed and yeah. uh, Hurley gives the guitar case to Dogan or Dogon and we finally find out what was inside which was an onk. Uh, which wasn't it, Which I was pretty miffed about originally because it just like, what the heck? Who cares? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but once the they revealed the note inside, I wasn't quite as upset about that. But the, I was only uh,
1: upset at the fact that I was only upset at the fact that <laughs> Hurley was like, dude, right when he's ready to break it, like he cared. I was like, yeah. What the? I mean, there's parts in this episode that I was going. I like this show because it's not stupid and cheesy and in like other shows. But those there's certain parts I'm going. There was even some bad acting and stuff going on. I'm going, whoa, what what's going on here? Nope. You know, I just didn't I just didn't get that, you know. But the list was intriguing enough to make me get past the stupidity.
0: Yeah, right. And I think um, the note from Jacob pretty much was just their names listed on it, and pretty much told them, um the temple people that they would be in big trouble if Saeed dies. But I want to know why why would they be in trouble if Saeed was dead?
1: Um Yeah that's a that's a that's a good question. I I mean once again the note do what?
0: Why is he important?
1: Yeah. I don't know that he's important. I think the whole crew's important
0: Okay, it's just because he was the one who was in grave danger that, exactly. that's, that's why Jacob in the note.
1: Well no, now let me let me go back on my own statement here. That's that's not what I thought last night and and I still have another thought too. I believe and I still believe that Jacob is going to take Saeed's body to fight Esau Lost.
0: So you think maybe Jacob has the same ability as Esau or man in black or nemesis right. or whatever to take over bodies um, to accomplish things he can't necessarily do as Jacob.
1: Right. Okay.
0: I could definitely buy that. So that's, that's a pretty good idea, I think. So they get inside of the temple. We see the spring and uh, Lennon, Dugan's interpreter, Dugan uh, Dugon or whatever, Dogon. <laughs> Uh, He comments that it's not clear as if usually it's crystal clear. And all of a sudden now, you know, I guess we can assume because Jacob's dead, it's uh, no longer crystal clear. Right. And uh, after informing them that there are some inherent risks to saving Saeed, he orders a couple of men to take Saeed into the spring, where they basically hold him underwater until this hourglass runs out and they pull out his dead body and, and pronounce him dead. Like, like they weren't responsible somehow.
1: (laughs) Right. Your friend died.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally died. We don't have a clue how. It was unbelievable. Yeah, (laughs) it blew my mind. (laughs) And so they kind of leave the the body behind. They leave the survivors to mourn for for Saeed. And uh, at this point, Sawyer and Miles are brought into the temple after being captured in the jungle. Cindy comes in with Zach and Emma from the tail section of the plane and uh, asks them to give the survivors some food. So how have Cindy and the kids been kind of assimilated into this group, this, this ancient, apparently ancient group of people? I mean, were they always part of it or were they, they just become part of it? What's the story there, you think?
1: You know, the, I, I just, <clears throat> I, this, the, that whole group there has been a mystery to me anyways because they became a part of the other group as well without any reason. You know, it's like they were walking around like they were at the zoo with you know Ben's group, yeah. And know that she had the kids. So I, for whatever reason, she she and the kids are they just go to that group regardless of what point in time they're in,
0: right? Uh, yeah.
1: I have no explanation for it. it just it, I don't know. Kind of weirded yeah. me out to see that again.
0: Yeah, and I think that's I hope that ends up being a big part of the mystery because that's always yeah. been pretty intriguing to me. Yeah. So Hurley visits Dogen, who apparently understands English but doesn't like the way it tastes on his tongue. Uh so he refuses to speak it. Hurley reveals that Jacob is dead, and Dogen and Lennon quickly leave and set off a chain of events, including the spreading of ash to keep out the smoke monster, and the shooting of a firework to alert others on the island uh yeah. of this this fact, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I like to find out that the ash did keep the smoke monster away, yeah. and then we uh, we kind of kind of puts that to bed, you know. Yeah, well, um, that it was some type of protector. I don't know.
0: Right. So back at the statue inside the room, after Jacob Nemesis reveals that Jacob is dead, uh, they point their guns and fire at Nemesis, who then disappears and reappears as the smoke monster, takes them down one by one then we obviously see Bram pull out the bag of ash, spread it around him, um, you know, to confirm, like we said, that it's indeed to keep the smoke monster out or in, depending on how it's used. Right. Uh, The monster knocks him out of the circle with a large rock and ends up killing him anyway. Uh, The monster disappears, returns, and then returns a moment later as Locke and says, I'm sorry you had to see me like that. So finally, we know for a fact that, Jacob's nemesis is the smoke monster, right? Which that's, got, that's a big deal. I,
1: yeah, this is a big deal. It's a huge deal, and uh, I I also thought about the the ash. Either whenever whenever Locke went to Jacob's cabin, originally the ash was all the way around that cabin. So either, and as we found out later that Jacob had left that cabin. So right that that means to yeah. us that. At that point, he was contained to that cabin, you know, and, and, and Locke went into that cabin. At that point, I wonder if it wasn't, you know, what, what had happened. How did, because how did, uh, it seemed like that was definitely part of Esau's plan all along, is to bring him in that cabin, show himself as Jacob, but really wasn't, you know, and so forth. Because I just remember now the ash being around the cabin itself.
0: Right. Well, and that's a great point. Because we talked at the at one point about how Lana said, you know, they got to the cabin and she said, he, Jacob hasn't been here for a long time. Right. Uh, and it's almost like they had that ring of ash around the cabin. They had um, nemesis kind of trapped in there. And mm-hmm. anybody who came in there was basically, um, they could have been taken over by him and used for yeah. whatever. And I think it's possible that's why Christian Shepard and Claire were trapped in there. Uh, maybe right. he was under control, or they were under control of him. Uh, but it seems clear that whenever Ben and Locke went to the cabin, it wasn't Jacob. Jacob they had an <laughs> encounter with. It was you know Nemesis, and that's right. why he said, "Help me," you know. Exactly. It was never Jacob. I don't think we've really seen much of anything from Jacob until the last right. se- you know last two seasons here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I I mean, it makes more sense why Claire, you know, was acting weird the way she was and all that. It's because it wasn't Claire. Yeah. You know, we weren't seeing Jack Shepard. We weren't seeing Claire. We were seeing, you know, Smokey.
0: Right. And we're going to wrap this up here pretty quickly. I've only got a little bit more left here. Um, Outside, the flares from the temple are noticed by Richard Alpert, who is clearly disturbed. He knows what this means. Uh, he's then confronted by Locky, is what I'm going to call him, instead of Smokey, who tells him, uh, "It's good to see you without your chains." Which, to me, either is literal, like maybe Richard Alpert was one of the slaves on that Black Rock ship, or right. figuratively, he's no longer bound uh, to Jacob. He's no longer at the mercy of Jacob. Um, and I, I took yeah. it that way first, but then later, yeah, me too. Yeah. Later, I kind of took it to mean maybe he was talking about the Black Rock instead. Right. But Either uh, way, cool. Yeah, I think either way would be pretty interesting. Uh, but Richard seems to know exactly who this person is, and he says, you? Like, he is totally understanding what's going on here. Oh, yeah. So Nemesis quickly gives uh, Alpert a spash chop to the neck, knocking him out, and he turns uh, to the rest of the other people, Including Son, Frank, and everybody else, and tells them he's very disappointed in them and leaves with Albert on his back. Any ideas of what he was talking about there?
1: None at all. Because that group's such a, like, you know, botched together group that I don't understand how any of them have anything in common.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, the only thing I could come back to was the combination uh, the conversation between uh jacob and nemesis at the end of season five where they talked about um nemesis's point of view was apparently that people will come they will kill that's they true. will steal yeah. etc and maybe that these people had this done differently different they had disappointed yeah, his expectations or something i don't know that's the only thing i,
1: nah, I mean think. I, I, that's the only thing that could i mean anything that we have right now that's mm-hmm. the only thing it could point to
0: yeah So he leaves with Richard Alpert on his back. Now, back at the temple, Lennon then approaches Jack and wishes to speak to him privately. But Jack refuses, again, prolonging some much needed answers, which was really, really annoying. And uh, Jack gets into a fight with a few of the others, but quickly stops when they notice that Saeed is now alive. So what do you make of Saeed being alive?
1: I kind of alluded to it earlier. I believe that he's under the control now of Jacob. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe not. But I mean, I think that that's why he had to go to the temple. I think that's, you know, that's it's going to be a a side versus lock war. But really, Jacob versus Smokey or whatever you want to call him.
0: Yeah. Now the chat room makes a good point here that maybe Nemesis was disappointed in all of those people because they had followed a lie. They totally devoted themselves to a lie of Jacob and fell for it. Like maybe that's why he was disappointed. He was disappointed in their stupidity is what they're saying, which it might be a great point.
1: Yeah, it could be. Very, very well could be. Yeah.
0: So um, basically that's all the notes I had about the episode. I mean, I think this idea of kind of substitutionary events is pretty big. I think it yeah. has, has a lot to do with where we're going. Um, I I think we already talked about the specifics of, uh, you know, specific examples of, of what happened and what they were. Um, My main thought is, you know, are these new revelations, this new group of others, these people in the temple, um, are they going to kind of harken back to season one? Are they going to be the explanation for the mysterious others that we heard about in season one and two, these people who walked around without leaving footprints and all these other mysterious bits that were given to us in seasons past, or yeah, I mean, do you think it's possible that they've basically they gave us a few nuggets in the past, and now they're finally paying back on that information that the others we've seen to this point aren't the same others that they were talking about in season one and two
1: i mean i, I that's what I'm taking it as, and that's what I'm hoping it, it is, you know um, because i all you and I talked about. I don't know. Probably forever ago, where it seemed like there was three groups of people on that island. Yeah, you know, there was a Dharma, there was the others, and then there was the the group that crashed. You know, and it still seems to be the case to me. I still don't get why. You know, there was the group that you know the gr- the group that was playing. I mean, that seemed like the other group to me that, that was kind of role playing, but at the same time, is what the heck's that all about? Yeah. You know. Right. Um, I don't know. So I, I'm 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 thinking that yes, they are giving us some nuggets about going you know, going back and revisiting that and that where these people have been and how they've been a part of that island forever. Right. Um but I don't man, I don't know. We got one season. How much can you yeah. share?
0: Yeah. I mean so I think uh like I said, last night my comments about the episode were negative. I was focused way too much on what what they weren't doing in this season yet instead of thinking about the positive things about it. Um, but now I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going to go for sure.
1: Yeah. I gotta say, I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I think maybe overall, what I was so probably disappointed with was the Island itself where, where it was at. Um, because it just seemed to me to be getting almost cheesy on the Island, you know? Um, right. But we'll see how, how it shakes out. I mean, you know, I've not been disappointed in the past. So I don't expect to be disappointed in the future. So yeah. we'll just have to wait and see. It's yeah. too many mysteries still.
0: Yep. There's a lot of uh, questions left to be answered. But I think yeah. we'll wrap this up. And uh, everybody, thanks so much for listening and watching. We're going to plan on doing uh, video streams like this in the future as well. So you guys can listen along and interact uh, in the chat rooms as we're doing this. Um, next time, next Wednesday specifically, we'll be talking about the next episode, and I haven't looked to see what the title of it is yet, because I'm trying to completely spoil it No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) But we will be back next Wednesday to discuss the next episode, and until then, if you have feedback, comments, questions, you can call the listener line at 765-439-4190, or you can email us at lost our info at lostmysterypodcast.com. But until then, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are recorded every Wednesday. If you haven't already, please come to our website and become part of the community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Feel free to send your comments to info at or you can call our listener line at 765 765- 439-4190. You can also follow us on Twitter at LMPodcast.